Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Dougie, what's new at my favorite Nissan stores? Well, now that everybody's back from vacation, we can finally get to work. Yeah, easy there, gunpowder. Hey, at least you only took a week. Jayla was gone darn near a whole month. Poor Dan Rush. Anyway, we got some great things happening at Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. Read this, and you can add that cool DJ voice if you want to. It's 2020 closeout month at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan. Giant discounts in 0% for 60 months on all remaining 2020s. You also get Walzer Care, a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty for free. Ah, music to my ears. I love the sound of a good DJ in the morning. But wait, there's more. For the first time ever, you can get 0% for 60 months on the all-new 2021 Rogue. The 2021 Rogue is bigger, better, and faster than ever before. For more information on 0% interest on all these great vehicles, check out Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan at Burnsville and tell them Tommy sent you. I'll just cut out the last bit. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Do, 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 do. We're rocking out, man. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's going to be the last show before Key West. What do you think oh, of that yeah. action? Key West coming up. So uh, 
we're ready to go. We're all happy about it. Everything is good. Should be a great time. And but you know, of course, Doug is abandoning us. Well, I'm going Typical. to Mexico with my wife. Unlike you, I just can't take constant vacations. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or get blocked from the air. That's right. Know, something like that. I gotta One tell. Those, I gotta yeah, tell you something, Tom. I'm glad that I'm not you. I gotta tell you a quick funny story. So, oh well, that's uh, nice to hear. Well, and I'll tell you why. Because since the Star Trib and, and Cumulus did the press release about your contract extension, I started reading some of the comments, and it's like, oh my God, you people are just morons. So there's a Facebook page called the Unofficial yep. KQ Morning Show page. There's also it's one been for the for a while. yeah. It's been around for a long time, and I think Laura made me an admin a while yep. ago. So I'm an admin, and I, and I honestly post on there very, very rarely. But Mm -hmm. the comments are firing up, and I did my new one. I said, I stopped listening 50 years ago after he took a shot at Joyce Lamont. And a friend of mine replied, (laughs) don't be messing with Joyce. And somebody else said, you mean Jurgen Nash? And then this guy says, says, why would you not listen yet follow it? Hashtag full of shit. I'm like, oh, my God. You have no sense of humor whatsoever. Well, I mean, the KQ Morning Show hasn't been around for 50 years. That should be the first tip-off. Yeah, there's more than a few yeah. hints in there that it was supposed to be funny. And, and you know, the 50 people that commented with smile and laugh emojis might have tipped them. But I'm full of shit because I stopped listening 50 years yeah. ago. Oh my I, th- God. I think people just read anything on social media just partially enraged in the first place. They're yeah. just looking at yeah. something yep. to make a negative comment. That's just what they want to do. Tom, you said something on the morning show that... that I assume that it's true, and it was kind of made me think about it differently, that somebody told you that 90% of the negative comments on social media, particularly Facebook, come from 10% of the posters or something like that. Oh, yeah, that was a, um, a article from yep. CNN. It was like 97% of all political comments come from 10% of Twitter users. Wow. Yep. I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I believe it. You want to hear something else I heard during the show today? I won't say which publication, but you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> Get a call from this guy who says, hey, I got your phone number from a friend. I hope you don't mind me calling. I said, no problem. What's up? This is during the show. He said, I, I just got to tell you, um, I work at this publication, and I'm a big fan of the show, and I love listening to it, and I've been watching it for quite some time. I do want you to know something, Tom. And I said, yeah, what's that? And he goes, about 10%. Of the positive comments about you get pr- printed, the other ninety percent they just throw away. Delete, was delete, this, that, delete. Was this the Apple Valley town tattler by any chance? Yes, I'm sure I it was the it Apple was. Valley. T- Can you believe that that they can't even let people comment normally? Uh, apparently, a lot of other radio stations and other publications were give, sending in their comments. Uh, which are all negative, of course, because I'm a direct competitor of the TV stations, the radio stations, and the newspapers, right? So, but my favorite thing is they just see co- positive comments about KQ and they just throw them away. They put, a, they said they print about ten percent of them. That's about it. I totally believe it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, well, that's why people don't read newspapers and publications anymore because they don't tell the truth anymore anyway. So what's the difference? Well, there are entire marketing companies devoted to trashing other people. Yeah, that's exactly. what they do. That's what they do yeah. now, which is really unbelievable. But I said, it, you know, it didn't surprise me. There were a couple of nice. I although I did get a good laugh out of uh, one of them, and I'm hoping it was. I, I'm assuming it was from another either radio or TV person, but they said Barnard, bigot. 
and racist, now a radio diva. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> That's really funny, I thought. Actually, that, See, was, now that was clever. Actually, that was me. Probably was you. Mm-hmm. Was it you? No. <laughs> well, no, I just thought it was funny, man. I, I thought I don't it was just, really, really funny. I've taken one shot at you this week, and you're mad at me. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm mad at you? Mm-hmm. Who told you I'm mad at you? I'm not mad at you. I know. I'm just kidding. But I did take a oh, shot I was at you. Say. Why would you say? Well, I texted it to you. I can't. I have to look it up. <laughs> I'll look it up. See what kind of a pain in the ass. It wasn't it, it typical. Was, it wasn't today. So I'll look it up. I just got a. I got a nice comment <laughs> from Scott Jamison just now, congratulating me on my contract. That was very nice of him. I appreciate it immensely. But uh, <clears throat> I got some bad news though. Is I just. Uh, I only. I delete about 90% of the nice texts that I get. So forget. <laughs> yeah, why would you want that? I think it's so hilarious that they have to change the story. They don't care how much they lie and cheat and backstab people. They don't care as long as they win. The tide's got to turn, don't you think? God, I hope I, so. I think we're in such, just such a judgmental, negative state oh. of the world right now. It, just, it has to turn. People just can't live I don't this know. angry. But I, I did find the, because uh, I sent it to you in the talking text line. It says, uh, cause Oh, Mi- you did? Okay. Yeah, Michelle said that you were um, an American treasure. And I wrote, Tom, an American treasure? One man's trash is another man's treasure. Oh, so you want <laughs> old neighborhood on me? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, you ain't nothing but trash, man. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that once or twice in my life. Don't get me wrong. But you yeah, are I, a treasure. Look, it's a situation where, <laughs> and by the way, Michael Bryant was so damn nice uh, because of what I said in the in the Star Tribune article uh, about the fact that I'm I am after all this time because and I do talk, Doug. You know that I talk about how you and Michael have kind of changed my view on a number of things after getting to know you guys and talking to you and becoming good friends. Left-wing brainwashing is what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, left-wing brainwashing. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Persistence reduces resistance. I'm sorry, go ahead, Tom. No, it was all about the fact that I said, you know, I've gone through very happy times. I've been pissed off. You know, people going after me for no reason. Like I said, that whole bigot racist thing got really old. But who cares? Doesn't mean anything anymore. Everybody now is a racist anyway, aren't they? Everybody gets nailed for that. So, but but you think maybe you, it's your fault. I was going to say, you think <laughs> you took a lot of heat back then? Oh, oh, I know, no, I know. I but, took tons uh, of heat for water carrying heat. Yeah, I bet, man. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought about water that. carrying <laughs> heat. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Why are you toting water? You know, that's mm, what yeah. how Danny Green would put it. Yeah. Why are you toting water yeah. for the? For the for the white man. Oh God! Like, speaking oh, of God. everyone getting called racist, did you see the uh, what happened with what's Barnes and Noble? I couldn't even remember the name. No. Um, they decided to put out a new series of book covers for classic books featuring people of color. So it's like Moby Dick, except Ishmael is black. That kind of thing. Yeah, people I think he weren't. Was actually, wasn't people he? weren't. Uh, that was. Um, the, oh, Queequeg. Queequeg. Yep, sorry. Queequeg was, I don't know, North African or something. But yeah, people weren't too happy about that because apparently they weren't publishing black authors. They were just turning white authors black. Good thing they didn't paint not. the whale black. That would have been really weird. 
Yeah, the, the rare the black, black whale. whale. Yeah. You never one. see There's those anywhere. <laughs> you don't see that kind of action, I'm just telling you. Well, well, the crazy thinking just goes on and on and on. An example, um, PETA now issued a statement saying you, you should no longer call your pet your pet because it's offensive. Oh, cut Peter, it out. That's, a, that's an Onion article, isn't Peter. it? Oh, I mean, no, it's not. That's true. Oh, no, it's not. That's true. There's, the pets there's, right there in their name. There's a game show for you for the morning show. True or Onion article. <laughs> that would real. be a tough one to <laughs> win. Be, yeah. We used to do that. Endless amounts of <laughs> Yeah, we used to do that as a matter of fact. True on. or Onion. They say yeah. call them a companion, not a pet. Yes, you call them a companion, not a pet, because it's offensive to call them pets. Who's offended? Who who, who is offended? You can call Jude a pet all day. He's like, yeah, as long as you feed me, I don't give a rat's ass what you call him. Yeah, you could call him dipshit, and he'd be happy. <laughs> he doesn't care. Honestly, yeah, he does not care. He He's happy. <laughs> it is. He's a happy dog. We, we call, like, yeah, whatever. Come. We call Daisy names all day. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. You know, See, you're so abusive. <laughs> she doesn't know oh, if you say it in a cute voice. She has no yeah. idea what the difference is. <laughs> Are you so stupid? Yeah, Andy, exactly. do, you little, do you have the little slogans in front of you, Andy, that, that they change the, the slogans? Slogans? Oh, they got these little sayings and slogans and stuff about instead of saying this, you should oh, say this. Oh, like change bring home the bacon to bring home the bagels? Bring home the bagels, yes. The one on the very top. <laughs> What's the one on the very top? Before I die, Andy and Alex have to stop saying bagel. Yeah, bagel. Hey, yes. Melissa says it too, so. <clears throat> bagel. It's a Canadian thing. It's bagel. It's a Minnesota bagel. thing. Canadians pronounce it bagel. Bagel. That's how it's Canadian spelled. It yeah. is not if you want a bagel. To, if and you want to pronounce bagel, spell it B A E G L E. B A E. I always, I was, I was told by a Texan that, and this is what made me change it because he made a good point: is you don't, you don't beg something like you're not going to the store and begging for your groceries. Like, like when beg? you say beg, yeah. it yeah. sounds like you're bag. begging. Well, I mean, that's kind of... So, get a bag. So he was like, you have to go get a bag. Arguably, that's, that's missing the point correct. because bagel is Yiddish. But still, yes, spell it, it is. Spell it the every Yiddish Jew way, I know says it. bagel. Well, of course. <laughs> that's because of how it's pronounced. That is how it's, that's <laughs> exactly. it is how it's pronounced, but it's a, it's a protest against bad spelling. I'm taking a moral stance against it. bad spelling. I just pronounce it uh, bread donut. Yeah. That's what bread I call it. Donut. Mm. Give me another bread donut, will you? Let's see. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Let's see. I want to. Yeah, what are some of the things you're not supposed to say? I've got the article. Let's see, but it's of course it's Fox News, so it goes on and on without actually telling you what you're supposed oh, to say. Oh God! Here we go. Animal friendly idioms. Per PETA, which I mean, they haven't Should had PETA. Should <laughs> mm. be PETA <laughs> anyway. Like PETA. Oh man, that's just broke out go. your own medicine. Let's see. Harmful, cry over spilled milk. Helpful, cry over burnt toast. Uh, what? Harmful. Wait a minute. So what? wheat doesn't Say have that feelings. Again. Nope. Wheat. Well, <laughs> what? Because milk is bad. Because vegan. That's. Oh, milk is bad because vegan. Harmful, packed in like sardines. Helpful, packed in like pickles. Pickles, Harmful on a wild goose chase. Helpful, out chasing rainbows. That one's kind of a stretch. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, harmful eat crow. Helpful eat humble pie. Harmful oh ants God. in your pants because ants care what you have to say. Harmful yeah. or helpful pepper in your pants. I guess that's not good. <laughs> I just put pepper in my pants as you were saying that. It was unbelievable. What a coincidence. He did that to get rid of the ants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> walk on eggshells becomes walk on broken glass. Kill two birds oh. with one stone becomes feed two birds with one scone. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, Can you God. stop? Oh my God. It <laughs> goes on. So. Oh, Seriously, God. I just want to punch these people that sit around I'm doing this stuff. I'm moving to Alabama and buying a pickup truck and a quart of whiskey. I can't handle this oh, anymore. My I God. couldn't agree it's more. I'm out about, of control. I'm about to say something that's going to get me run out of studio and, right and out of town. You, you call me a honky? No. <laughs> okay. You people have way too much time in your hands. Well, that's true. That's a fact. Yeah. What do you that's mean, you people, JB? <laughs> yeah. What do you? Well, I'll say this: the person who uh, reported—I don't know if she was actually the PETA person, but the one in the Fox News article was a middle-aged white woman named Jenny White. So, <laughs> Jenny White. Jenny. Oh my God. But isn't Just a it typical most, white person? But isn't most. People with last name white, black, and most people. I was going to say. Most yes. people with the last name black, white. Are white. That's yeah. right. It's true. true. And remember what I, Larry David said? Yeah, black, and your last name is black. My name should be Larry Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I used to actually send PETA money. Oh, my God. Get out a of my zillion studio. years ago, back when I, they were, like, you know, against animal abuse. And, yes, exactly. Uh, you know, and, all that I was, I'm, I'm all for that i don't like animals being abused even if they're used yep. in the food chain yeah. but when they went absolutely crazy politically i was like bye-bye i'm out well it's like you always yeah, well. you hear about this kind of thing you know changing let the cat out of the bag to spill the beans <sighs> but you never hear about them like busting up a dog fighting ring or right. you know you know, no, no, they don't do that. Going You're investigative right. reporting on a puppy mill, that kind of thing. You never, they yep. might do it, but you don't hear about it. But yeah, you do hear about this dumb they should crap be doing. that they do. If they yeah. stop yeah. doing if you the want to do some crap, real work. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. that's hard. And it's easier just to make little cutesy memes telling people not to say beat a dead horse. But exactly, instead, just sit there and be judgmental. Okay, I have a new slogan, and we're going to go with this. <clears throat> right now, we have to feed two kids with one spot break. We'll be right back. <laughs> with the oh, my wow, gosh. nicely done. That was good. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. 
Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan's Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan's Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. Dude, 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 dude. I'm rocking out, man. Man. What do you think of that? Hey, well, man, oh, man. Let me know when you get Jamie on the phone, if you would, please. <clears throat> All right. Anybody hear me? Yes, yeah, we, we can hear, hear you. you. We're here. We were just waiting okay, for you to finish rocking out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I just, I, I just let, me, let me know when Jamie's on the phone. That'll I'll be good. call her right Andy now. Andy said all righty to you. Jamie's a guy. I'll call him right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call him right now. Did Tony tell you the uh, thing I text him? Dad. Uh, did, did Tony tell you what? The thing I text him. Uh, I don't think so, no. Or did you see it on a talking text? I was driving on 169 North the past three days mm-hmm. now. And on the side of the road, there is a dark-colored sex toy. Yeah, not bad. Um, on the side, the same one? Same Be specific. one. specific. <laughs> so somebody threw it out the window and it's just laying there? It's just laying there. 169, right before you get to 394. Isn't that an old song, Dead Dildo in the Middle of the Road? It's not in the high heaven. It's not in the middle. It's on, it's on the shoulder. But I just traffic was slow on Monday, and I couldn't. So I was just looking around. <laughs> it's like I always think it's interesting to see stuff like that. It's like, how did that get, get there? Yeah. yeah. Why is what? that there? What's going on? We have Jamie on the phone. Jamie Kaler, how you doing, Jamie? I'm good. How are you today? Marvelous. We can open up by saying I'm a huge fan of Tacoma FD. Love it. Oh, nice. Yeah. The new season starts in March. Yeah, I was really excited to be part of it. March 26, True TV announced the second season uh, premiere of Tacoma Tacoma FD. It'll be March 26th, as Jamie just said, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. The half-hour comedy delivered 13 episodes in its sophomore season. It's a very, very good show. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly one of the most fun shows I've ever worked on. Everybody's great. That's nice to hear. You got Dadlands podcast. You got all kinds of stuff to talk about. I'm just, I'm just going to get out of your way, Jamie. I want to hear all about it, man. 
<laughs> you too. Well, well, I love it. Yeah, well, I actually, I hosted a show with Dave Schrader. That's how I'm here today. I did Haunted Live for the Travel Channel. Cool oh, little, right, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades, but yeah, I'm a late-in-life dad. I have two little girls, um, and uh, I'm, I'm coming to terms with it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jamie, what does that mean? Coming to terms with it? <laughs> well, I, I, I had I had kids at my daughter's fifty years younger than me. Yeah, I'll let that sink in for a second and let everyone absorb oh, yes. the fact that I had a child at fifty years old. Well, I think my uh, longest friend, his dad, is probably fifty years older than him, right, Gene? Mm. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, so yeah. I always so equated to uh, having kids at my age is kind of like getting a DUI just as you pull into your driveway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's not good we're timing like, at all. I made it. I'm home. And you're like, no, Jamie, you're bankrupt and you have children at this point. So that's how that's kind of <laughs> falling apart. No wonder you have so many jobs, Jamie. Uh, it's a good thing. Well, that's what's really funny. Before I had the kids, I was turning down jobs left and right. I was like, I don't need any I got a bank full of money. I was on a show called My Boys. I had done Will and Grace, Friends, Parenthood, a million credits. I was like happy as a clam, and all of a sudden now I have two kids, and I'm like, oh, man, i I got to find another job, dude. So I've got like 15 jobs running these days. I'm right there, shoulders. My kids are now 33 and 31, and I still have three jobs, so it's never going to end, Jamie. Well, nowadays, they're probably living with you, aren't they? Are they aren't you all in the same home still? <laughs> no, we kicked them out a couple of years ago. Yeah, get out oh, a couple of years. Oh, no, they'll be back. Trust yeah. me, they'll be back in about six months. <laughs> <laughs> when I well, first because I was a Navy guy, too. I was a Navy lieutenant. And when I got out of the Navy, I just remember, I'm the youngest of six, and my dad was like, he was like, all right, we'll clean out the back bedroom and have you move home. And I was like, are you insane? I would never ever move back in with my family. <laughs> I was like, I, I'd rather be homeless. I'm not moving back in with you guys. You insane. And nowadays, every kid I talk to is like, oh, no. I go, I go, what's your plan? And they're like, oh, just, you know, back bedroom. Still be on my parents' phone plan, and uh, yeah. it should be fine. Yep. Everything yep. should work out fine. Oh, man, I was, just, I was looking at the Dadlands podcast. He's a lot of great guests. I have not seen Joe Coy in a while. How, how's Joe Coy doing? He's a great guy. Oh, I really like God. him a lot. You know, he, so he has two shows next month. He sold out the L.A. Forum. The wow. Forum, where, like, the really? Eagles play. Yeah. Right. Two nights, 26,000 people are going to see Joe Coy. He's, he's doing arenas now around the country. He is, we did the Montreal Comedy Festival together, uh, you know, mm-hmm. many years ago. And he is still the nicest guy on earth, one of the funniest guys, hardest working. You know, he has a son, and he, we talked about it, and he he was on the road like 52 weeks a year for the first six or seven years of his son's life. And that's, it's funny Jeez. because I have kind of stopped doing the road. I used to do road stuff as a comic, but I wanted to be home with the kids. But that was what he did mainly with stand-up. So he, you know, he had to kind of find this balance of being a dad and grinding on the road. And now he's, you know, now he's leer jetting it around, I think. So it, it, it kind of paid off for him <laughs> in the long run. Um, well, yeah, but he's a great true. cat he, and ridiculously funny. Yep. I agree. He's a very nice guy and he's very, very funny. I also see you've had Jeff Lewis on. We just had Jeff Lewis on this show about a month ago. What another great. You only hang out with nice people. I kind of try to. I really try to. I had Lemmy and Heffernan on. I did another podcast before this called Father Time through the Earwolf 
uh, podcast system, they, they mm-hmm. kind of hired me to do this parenting podcast. But through right. that podcast, I kind of was an interviewer. I was more Charlie Rosing it, and uh, I wanted to be more, sure. be more included and be the funny guy as well. So we kind of let the father time go by the wayside, and now we're just doing the dad lands, and it's more of a, a comedic take on stuff. It was funny. I would have I would have guys on father time like Dave Keckner from Anchorman or Jimmy Pardo, sure, who's sure. a huge comic, or Joel McHale. All these guys came on. Richard Marks did it, and I would talk to them, but it would kind of be more in-depth about, like, their parenting stuff and so some of them were like i remember one guy came on it was just turned into a tear fest the two of us were like two middle-aged dudes just oh. sobbing about our kids i was like my kids i know i love them so much i can't stop <laughs> <laughs> well good that's a good thing isn't it? yeah well i'm a i'm a repressed <laughs> irish catholic guy so i was kind of like that musket mm-hmm. rifle from the 1800s that you see on the antiques roadshow just ramrod sure. it down with powder and emotions, and then these two beautiful little <laughs> red-headed girls lit this spark, and now, boom, I cry at Lowe's commercials. Oh, <laughs> so it should be. That's how well, life that, should you know, be. They do we have that one cry. commercial where the kid builds the shed for his father. He comes home at Christmas and builds the shed. Man, that one's a, that's a heavy tearjerker of a commercial. No? <laughs> I, I certainly understand. Now, now, how old are the girls? Uh, so, Jamie, how old are your girls? My little girls are four and six. Oh, it's a great time, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are they yeah. sassy if yet? I was 35, it would be a blast. Are they what now? <laughs> Are they sassy? They're redheads. You remember the redheaded okay. girl in school? She was the one who set the school on fire? Yeah, I have two of them. They're uh, you're table. talking to a you're naturally talking. born redhead. <laughs> Me too. So here's the deal. We're like, we're the ginger breed. We're bringing, it, we're bringing the whole uh, ginger thing back because, you know, we're... Dying out. I'm a redhead. My wife's a redhead, and the two kids are redheads. Oh wow! So oh, there's no very sweet. there's no craziness in our household whatsoever. I mean, every day is another and also, battle, and no sun tanning. Mm. <laughs> no, and we Do live in Southern California. Tan. I know, I know. It's like and trying to put sunscreen on them is, you know, I'm I'm holding. Yeah, just... I'm like doing a full Nelson on her, trying to hold <laughs> this little child down <laughs> while we're trying to slather. Sunscreen all over her body, and fighting um, us to no end. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's rough. <laughs> I look for shade. I remember yeah. those days. Yes. So, are the girls old yeah, enough you, yet? But that when, we need to move to Minnesota. Really, we should be up there with you. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah. Are the, are the little girls at the the age yet where uh, you're out in public and you get recognized? Do they? How do they feel about that? Or do they not notice it? Uh, they, yeah, they'll see me on TV and just be like, they couldn't care less. They just couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, actually, my wife doesn't care less. Like, I was on a show for four years on My Boys. I don't know if she ever watched an episode. Like, <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I go, do you even know what I do for a living? She's like, no, I don't, sure. I don't, like, whenever I go out for some job or something, she's like, she never is like, hey, how's the job? What's the character? What's the show you're hosting? Where's the stand-up show? She's like, how much does that pay? That's really all she asks. <laughs> how much money are you going to make? I like that. That's all she how cares about. Yeah, it's like, well, show me the money. She's Cuba Gooding. I married Cuba Gooding Jr. So that's who I met. <laughs> that yeah. might not be good news for you if you married Cuba Gooding Jr. And I like Cuba Gooding Jr., but he's got a few problems right now, unfortunately. Oh, he's a player, apparently, right? He likes... 
I mean, it's great because he always grabs me, my inner thigh as often as humanly possible, which I sure. really enjoy sure. in my I in dudes I hang at bars with. <laughs> You're like, I just find that so, I mean, at a certain age, and in today's world in social media, do you not have enough logic in your brain to go, you know, I'm in a public place. Maybe I shouldn't just reach across and grab someone's inner thigh. How about, how about that, Cuba? I think it's okay if you're drunk, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's a perfectly good uh, There is some legality. I think yeah. if, you blow, if you blow above a .15, you can do pretty much anything yeah. you want. it's cool. Yeah, and you can legally you know. just say, look, I was blacked out, man. To me, really, a blackout is nature's way of telling you, dude, you don't even want to know what you did last night. <laughs> True. Yeah, but I mean, you never wake up from a blackout and go, "Oh man, I wrote a book, painted the house." <laughs> no, your underwear no. and your pants are around one ankle because you couldn't get them over your shoe, and you're on the kitchen floor. It's just not a good. <laughs> it never pans. It never pans out well. No, that's the other thing. Yeah, Lately, here's I, what uh... the problem is. Actually, it's probably the kids probably saved my life. Because I was a comic and an actor, I was I was single in my forties. I was out every night drinking, and now, I mean, we'll have like one glass of wine with dinner on a night, and I, you know, then my little girl comes in, wakes me up at two in the morning because she's scared because the spider's under her bed or something. Who knows? And my body doesn't metabolize anything. I never get enough sleep, so I'm like, I can't even have like a glass of wine anymore. I'm just banged up the next day. It's a train wreck. Well, yeah, you know, as we get into our fifties, Jamie, we. <laughs> I'm just leaving. Well, it you know, I'm on I'm the downhill wee. side of the fifties, my friend. I'm moving. I'm moving towards your department. I'm. I'm. I'm on a. I'm on a di- double diamond path to the sixties at this point. Sure, I understand that completely. I yeah, understand well, I completely. How? How did? Okay, so you have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. So when they, mm-hmm. when the six-year-old was born, did you? I guess I'm just doing full reveal here. Um, that I, I kind of went into panic panic mode when our our son was born before our daughter. So our son was born, and then uh, uh, my wife finally told me, you know, you really need to calm down. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you're just being really overprotective. I said, what are you talking about? I'm not overprotective. She goes, everyone even looks at our son. You go, you touch our son, I'll kill you. So I guess I did kind of oh, overreact. You know, so I got a little nervous. Did you go? Because I was, what was I, 35 when Andy was born? Sure. Yeah, I think you were 35. I remember you wanted a SIDS monitor on there. I wanted a SIDS monitor. <laughs> that was like Until the they were five. In the 80s. Until they were five. SIDS. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I, was, bells and I think you're the norm. That's more normal than anything. I was the same. I thought, oh, this isn't going to affect me at all. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I remember thinking, like, people would go near my kids. I go, I'm going to punch you in the face. Get away from my kids. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was just like that as well. It wasn't until they turned teenagers that I stopped caring. But when they were little, I thought they were, were going to die in the middle of the night. And I couldn't watch any crime dramas that had yep, any I scenes know. that abused young kids. I'd just get boiling oh, yeah. mad and freak out. What, what That's is, so funny that you say that. I totally agree with that. I can't. And here's what's weird. Like, Every show on Netflix now starts with the murder of a child. Yeah, that's like, what you want to uh, see when you have a five-year-old, right? Like the edgy new Every thing. show. Yeah. To me, now, Jaws is really about the, the little boy who got eaten by the shark. That's the <laughs> right. whole story of Jaws. <laughs> now, if they the only had shows like, where they, like, wiped, out, if they wiped out 10th graders, you'd stand up and applaud. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Like the whole story of Jaws should be just be called Mrs. Kittner. <laughs> it's like the Alex yes. Kittner story to me, where I'm like, man, that little boy didn't have to die if you guys had just posted signs. It's really a, the tragedy <laughs> is the Alex Kittner story. <laughs> that might actually not it's be a bad true. idea for a movie. It's like a, a <laughs> drama about the family of the boy. It's like it's in the Jaws universe, but you never see the shark. You just see the aftermath of the broken family. <laughs> oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a cheerful tale. I'm telling you. She lives on an island. She can't get away from the water. Mrs. Kittner has to, every time she sees the water, mm-hmm. all of a sudden she's like, oh, my boy Alex is gone. There you know, we go. Oh, <laughs> psychological horror. Oh. We should call Hallmark. Stuff we'll call the Hallmark Network this afternoon. We'll have a deal by tomorrow. We'll sure, get the that Hallmark done. Network would love that. <laughs> no, that would be Lifetime. <laughs> yes, that would be Lifetime. lifetime. <laughs> lifetime. Definitely Lifetime. <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen, it writes itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. Uh, I do need to, we only have one minute left, unfortunately, with Jamie. Jamie, you're a great guest. True TV announced the second season of premiere of Tacoma FD, uh, which will be on March 26th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Looking forward to 13 more episodes of that. Dadlands is available everywhere you get your podcast, correct? It is true, yeah. And we have a website, thedadlands.io, but the Dadlands is on iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere. And basically, it's just me interviewing you know, a bunch of comics and great dads who are uh, trying to at least make it a little more fun than it than it feels like it is sometimes. I think it's wonderful. Jamie, thanks so much for your time today, sir. Great talking to you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Next time I'm up there doing a club, I'm definitely going to come by and see you guys. Love to see you, Jamie. Thanks very much. Have a good day, sir. All right, guys. Take care. We, Have a great day. See you. You too. We'll be right back with the family. Dougie, what's new at my favorite Nissan stores? Well, now that everybody's back from vacation, we can finally get to work. Yeah, easy there, gunpowder. Hey, at least you only took a week. Jayla was gone darn near a whole month. Poor Dan Rush. Anyway, we got some great things happening at Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. Read this, and you can add that cool DJ voice if you want to. It's 2020 closeout month at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan. Giant discounts in 0% for 60 months on all remaining 2020s. You also get Walzer Care, a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty for free. Ah, music to my ears. I love the sound of a good DJ in the morning. But wait, there's more. For the first time ever, you can get 0% for 60 months on the all-new 2021 Rogue. The 2021 Rogue is bigger, better, and faster than ever before. For more information on 0% interest on all these great vehicles, check out Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan at Burnsville and tell them Tommy sent you. I'll just cut out the last bit. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. 
And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Moving soon? Tom Bernard here with my friend John Schwartz, co-owner of AAA Movers, local and family-owned since 1964. John, you and your staff do a lot more than just move. Tommy, we do. We move residential and commercial, local and long distance. Folks love our decluttering service, especially if you want to stage a home for a sale. We can store your belongings while in between homes, junk hauling with junk luggers, including a service for items you wish to donate to the less fortunate. And if you need to move your car, we do that too, and at a great price. Can it get any better? Yes, it can. Mention Tom Bernard or KQ, and you'll receive a free moving box kit with every move. And you'll save 50 bucks off junk removal with junk luggers. Your move is always triple guaranteed with AAA Movers. That's their price guarantee, safety guarantee, and satisfaction guarantee. Call 612-588-MOVE or online at aaamovers.com. AAA Movers. You may not move every day, but they do. Hep Town Girl. I love this song. Living in an uptown world. That would be your four seasons right there, Billy Joel style, right? Mm-hmm. I do. I love that song. I always had like that song, which is kind of weird because Billy Joel's okay, and I never was a huge fan of the Four Seasons. But for some reason, that song really worked for me. You didn't like the Four Seasons? Glad to hear it. How do you not like the well, Four I, Seasons? I thought they were okay. Yeah. I was not a huge fan. <laughs> Isn't that like well, right you know the biggest problem? Time. It's your wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah. So, right in my wheelhouse. You have but to the problem it. was, I could not sing that high. That's why I didn't like them. Because well, I couldn't oh, get my voice high enough to sing I alone. I can't sing. I could never sing baritone, and I still yeah. I still enjoy. think that he had like some sort of weird disorder that went undiagnosed. He, <laughs> and he thinks that about everyone who's small and has a high voice, that's a man. So, oh. I mean, he says the same thing about Prince. He totally had a pituitary oh, yeah. disorder. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> well, it's a possibility. What other small men can we come up with that Andy will be like, no, they, that, that's totally a disorder. Well, it's, see, it's like, if, like, you know, Danny DeVito, he's small, I was going to say Danny DeVito. But he but doesn't he has, have a high voice. Because his pituitary's he, fine. Yeah, he has, his endocrine <laughs> system was intact. <laughs> Prince, not so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah, probably not. Um, this is kind of a bold thing to do. She, you know Shannon Doherty is right from uh, 90210 and a number of other things. You know Shannon, who that is, don't you? Doherty. Yes. yes. He just said Tiffany Amber Thiesen, 90210 people. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Shannon Doherty's revelation this week that she has stage 4 breast cancer is mostly drawing messages mm-hmm. of support, except for one notable name. State Farm is suggesting the 90210 actress has an ulterior motive in first sharing that diagnosis in court documents. The 48-year-old is embroiled in a lawsuit with the insurance company over damage she says her home suffered in 2018 California wildfires. And per legal documents filed Wednesday in Los Angeles federal court, State Farm lawyers allege that Doherty's hatched a plan at trial to garner sympathy by her contention that State Farm must rebuild her entire house. So they're saying she's what? claiming to have stage 4 breast cancer as kind of a ploy are you kidding me? What? Well, if her house burned down, right? Yeah. It burned down. Uh, it says here that, uh, yeah, she's Does State Farm house. only yeah. build half your house? I don't know. How's it we work? have State Farm, and I don't know what to tell you. Well, they what rebuild up to the amount that yeah. you're covered for. Yeah. 
We just learned this. Uh, yeah, yes, right. But, yeah, I mean, you're covered for the amount. Whether or not you have cancer has nothing to do with it. Right. Says here, Doherty, for the insurance company's attorneys, wants State Farm to fork over $2.7 million to completely rebuild her home because she has breast cancer and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. State Farm, meanwhile, said her residents only suffered smoke damage, not fire or structural damage, and that it's already given her upward of a million dollars for cleaning services, remediation, and rent for a year for temporary digs. That's a bit much, don't you think? Mm. I mean, seriously, you, you're... I don't know. But to uh, that's that'd be a tough one. But to say that she's been fake, uh, she's faking breast cancer is yeah. It's kind of yeah. The pictures of her when she was faking it two years ago looked pretty real. She but was yeah. super skinny and her hair had fallen well, out. So I don't think they're saying she's faking it. They're just saying that she's using it yeah. to garner sympathy for her two point seven million dollar claim. Mm. So I don't know what to tell. You, but that's kind of a bold move. I. Over $2.7 million, if I were that big a company, I'd just go, yeah, whatever. It's really tough because a, a neighbor of ours had a fire, and the house didn't burn down or anything, but there was a ton of damage. And he said that one of the problems was is that the insurance company, instead of calling it a total loss, they kept on, they kept on doing all this stuff where there, apparently when you have a house fire, you can have like something smoldering in the wall. Yep. And you don't know about oh, it yeah. for quite some yeah. time. Yeah. And they kept he kept he said they kept chasing that so that every every couple of weeks there'd be another little area that would s- start smoldering and they'd have to tear down another thing of sheetrock. It took them almost 2 years to get back into their house. Well, jeez. Which is crazy. They should be able to tell where those areas are using a thermal camera. So <clears throat> I, you would think, I don't yeah. know, but he said it was just the insurance company just kept making it go on and on and well, on. Yeah, and that's what they do. That's true. I suppose it's true. I suppose it's absolutely true. We had a we had a I, neighbor down the street that um, a tree branch, a huge like tree branch, fell on top of their roof in the middle of their roof. And it took about a year for them to finally get a new roof. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah, like they just draw it out as long yeah. as they possibly can. It's insane. Well, well they don't make money well, by paying yeah. out. Right, exactly. Well, I, that makes sense when you're in an area that, you know, like a hurricane that wipes out half of a state or something. They're all their right. roofs. You yeah. know, then it might take some time. But it right. sh- a branch falling in should not take long. No. It should not. No. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, who does know what the hell? I I don't know what to tell you. The whole world, I think, has lost its mind, and everybody's got a scam going, or, or they're accused of having a scam, and everybody's lying. And everybody. When did it become so popular to lie all the time? Has it always been that way, and I just noticed it? About five seconds after the first human spoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I think it's probably true. As soon as they learn yeah, how to speak. Right. You know, if you give me that boar carcass, I'll give you three rocks. Oh, just yes. kidding. Now I got the rocks and the carcass. Bye. Exactly. Goodbye. Leave me alone. Get away from me. I don't know. I would like to see the news delivery services and Hollywood and the politicians maybe just calm down. And then, uh, Do you think people would calm down? Or, Catherine, you, you said you've been looking at Twitter lately. Do these people just want to be pissed off constantly? Yes. 
They just want to be a victim, and they want to be mad about the fact that they're a victim. Twitter is a vehicle for political junkies who are malcontents. That's what it really is all about. I can't even – I try to go on Twitter and – change I mean everything it's like search I don't want to see anything political I don't want to see any news yeah, I don't want to see and if I scroll through it it's all political all news all the time I'm like no I want how about I want meditation and sunsets and kittens and dogs <laughs> yeah, I might get luck. like an extra one of those on the feed and everything else is political it's unbelievable well you like, can't get away from it go to any tweet any politician has ever made and read the comments and they're all going to be focusing on some negative aspect no one's ever like you know yeah. it could be like world's most inoffensive politician you know says that we need to think more about curing cancer People are going to be in the comments somehow making that, you know, why aren't you thinking about, you know, curing, uh, well, COPD. There you go. Because I have COPD. Why are you curing cancer and not what I have? Adam Schiff's Schiff's, uh, Twitter page is nothing but adulation about how wonderful and he's the savior of the universe. I mean, all comments are positive. Most. They worship him. Most people like that are bought. On on my Facebook and B O U G H D. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say Bond. <laughs> on, on my Facebook page, from my friends back in St. Louis, there's probably ten, fifteen of them. They spend their whole time yep. just pointing out negative stuff people have said, mm-hmm. or supposedly have said. And it, my favorite is like when people make this big deal about like this anonymous Twitter account made a tweet that got five likes. And then it goes, like, national on the news. It's like, why do we care what some nobody who has zero power has to say? Why is that a national phenomenon well, all this, of a sudden? This, when Kobe Bryant died that day, this woman was on some news broadcast, and she was talking about the Lakers and the Knicks. And she slipped up and said, Nakers. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. And all my, a bunch of my friends were losing their mind. And finally, I, as I was scrolling through, somebody said, no. She was trying to say Knicks and Lakers. At the same time, yeah. At right. the same time. And, and I, then I saw it as a news story, and they said this. So I spent half the day telling, walking people off the ladder Say like, no, she didn't say a racial term. She was just trying to say Knicks and Lakers, which I have to be very careful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You say that enough times, you're going to say something else, yeah. right? Lickers. I was going to say, what's better, Lakers or licks? You know, I think it's. A, I follow that too, JB, and I, I think like it's it. a. Maybe a sign that we're getting a little less sensitive that she didn't lose her job over that. Right. Two years ago, yeah. oh, she I think she would have walked the plank. Oh, right. yeah, totally. Yeah, for accidentally saying something. Yeah. And that I don't care who you terrible. are. You can't be a newscaster or a DJ mm-hmm. or a podcaster, anybody that does live stuff without screwing something up at some point. Oh, yeah. I, I never in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, not Absolutely. Except for anything. Alex. <laughs> I have never yeah, missed exactly. Never misspoke. Well, I mean, but that once. that gotcha um, yeah. mentality has worked its way into everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, your jobs. Is. You know, you make a mistake at work, and you have coworkers who walk around with notebooks or yeah. who jump 
who were ready to jump and go rat you out. And it's yep. like, yeah. well, what happened to the point that I'm human? And one, yeah. can you let, allow me the time to f- maybe fix it first before you right. go run and tell somebody? Well, 30 years ago, though, if a newscaster accidentally said the F word on the, on the air, you'd have people saying, my children heard this. you got to get this person fired, you know. Doesn't matter if it's yeah. an accident or not. People, there's power in joining a lynch mob, basically, and it's sad. But a lot of people, that's the only power they'll ever have, so that's what they reach. And it for. might be the only group of friends they can find, is what it most likely <clears throat> right. is, because that's, they're such yeah. miserable jerks. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to: is they're miserable people who yep. have no, they have no fun in their life, they have no family or nothing that brings them joy, and so they're just yeah. going to make other people miserable. Yeah. And they're doing a very good job of it. They sure yeah. are. Oh. That whole thing is extremely sad, as far as I'm concerned. I, well, I, do they? Do you think they don't know they're ruining some people's lives when they do that stuff? They know, that's but their it power makes them, trip. Yeah, right. it makes them feel powerful, so that's why they do but it. You're ruining someone's life. They don't. You don't care about that. No, that's a they, power trip. They oh, like it. They enjoy so it. They like the chemical boost they get for for mm-hmm. somebody running behind them and telling them that they're right or yep. we're going to do something about it or you're fighting evil by right. doing what you're doing yeah mm-hmm. Ooh, you know what i just noticed what what's that remember i told you i told you i got a call from a guy in a publication that said that they're the comment section is totally fake mm-hmm. that publication took the story down <laughs> whoops <laughs> whoops yeah, it's really honest. That's some honest reporting you got there. Unbelievable. We, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what do we got till two after, Andy? I, uh, I got sure. three minutes. So yeah, yeah, till two after. All right. So basically, I guess the world's in pretty good shape, don't you think? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> depends on where you, you are. Got, you yeah, got, where in the world? Yeah, I suppose it does. I suppose it does. It depends on where you are and what you're talking about. Probably not Wuhan. No. no, probably Don't not. Really on. Some guy, Australia's by, by the way, rough. Yeah. yeah. Did you see one of the first doctors who reported uh, coronavirus has died at 34? I did see really? that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he contracted it. Yeah, it's oh, terrible. Oh, God. How many people have died of that so Like far? 600. Yeah. Well, and it's mostly because they're trying to keep it like hush-hush. You know, we're, there's no outbreak. Hush, hush. Well, China's having no, they're not. drones. They're arresting people that aren't wearing yeah, masks. Yeah, China has drones flying around telling people to go put a mask on in China that aren't putting masks, like wearing masks in public. Well, in China, but they don't want it. They don't want that spreading outside of wherever it is. There's another person in Wisconsin with it, and there's a person in Minnesota with it that's quarantined. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Well, and then supposedly there was a cruise ship that everybody had it, but it turned out to not be it. Yeah. Well, the cruise oh, ship that, was right? yeah, that was food sense. poisoning. <laughs> the cruise ship thing didn't make sense because they sailed over to China, but they never docked. So how could the disease have possibly gotten onto the ship? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Some I don't bird. Going, <laughs> yeah, going within 2,000 miles of China isn't a disease. It's, a, it's not a transmission vector. The coronavirus outbreak has so. killed nearly 500 people and infected more than yeah. 24,000. Actually, that's old data because it's nearly 600 people now. This says 16 hours ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's old data because a bunch oh. more died this morning. 100 so more people it, died in, in the past 
The yeah, well, there 16, are 1.7 billion people well, living there, five, so yes. Well, is 500 it, have died since December, and then 100 died in 16 hours? Hmm. Well, uh, first of all, they say it's tens of thousands of people probably died, but they're just not reporting them. But is this virus like other viruses and flus where it's killing the elderly and the uh, compromised yeah, and all that? that or this is... doctor that died was 34. That's true. Yeah, he was yeah. only 34, yeah. But he might have had an, something else? He might have. He might yeah. have had an autoimmune disease, something like that. Yeah. You never really know. What's the matter with you? The name of that band? Uh, I know it's, uh, it's the it, They're Native American. <laughs> Is it Redbone? Yes, it is. Redbone, very good. It's Redbone, Red baby. Do you know? That? Do you know where Danny's Bar in Minneapolis was? Yep. It yep. was like Chicago and Twelfth, kind of right in the hood. I mm-hmm. played in a band, and we uh, we we got hired to play at Danny's, and they literally had chicken wire at the front of the stage. <laughs> But we learned that song, and the crowd went crazy. It was, it was a Native American neighborhood in those, in, back in the 80s. and Maybe it is that's still now. Guy, I don't know. That's where the guy got, got arrested. Remember the guy who pretended to be Native American that was killing people? Oh, he might not have been I living forgot here about then. that. Yeah, remember, that was at Danny's Bar, I think, where they arrested him. Yep. One, or maybe it was the Bears Den. The Bears Den was up might on have been the Bears Franklin Den. and Chicago, right yeah, around the corner Chicago, from there. Yep. I went in there yep, once when I was 18 because a buddy of mine said that they had 10-cent beers. So a couple skinny white kids go in there with hair down to their butts. We pounded those dimes into the uh, bar <laughs> for about 35 <laughs> minutes before the bartender nice. looked up and waited on us. They, they were not happy that we were there. Let's just put it that way. Well, that'll happen. That'll Red happen. is a Cajun term for a mixed-race person. Huh. So there you go. Oh, I didn't know that. Because the uh, brothers were, I don't know how to pronounce this, Y-A-Q-U-I, Yaki, Yaqui? Yaki, yeah, Yaki probably. Shoshone and Mexican. Hmm. So there you go. I did not know. This. So red bonus just means mixed race. In Cajun, yep. Why would you have, why would you have red bones? I don't get it. I'm thinking... They look white on the outside, but they're red on the inside. Oh, you think that that's could what be it is? Like an Oreo? Yeah, that could be it. Oh, an Oreo. Oreo, banana. Let's see <laughs> what else is. is there. White on the inside, yellow. I love Oreo. be an egg. Let's see. What's white on the in- outside, but black on the inside? Hmm. I don't know. A reverse What's Oreo. the answer? A reverse Oreo? Okay. Baptist Church? <clears throat> There you oh, go. Listen to you. That's pretty ah. good. <clears throat> not, not, not bad, man. I've heard worse things from you. <laughs> ah! All those Take slurs. That That's why we call them Slur Sprinthal. <laughs> yeah. That's a great slur nickname. Slur Sprinthal. Hey, Slur, what's up? Oh, man. Um, why is there a problem in Seattle with the, with the name of their hockey team? I don't get this. This much is clear. Seattle's getting an NHL team, and it will play its first game in the 2021 season. But what will that team be called? That's where things are getting a little strange. Hockey blogger John Hoven said Wednesday in a radio interview that he has learned the name will likely be the Seattle Kraken. 
referring to a fictitious sea monster, reports the Seattle Times. The new franchise declined to confirm or deny a post at sports.mynorthwest notes that the smoother-sounding Seattle Sockeyes appear to have been leading uh, the leading candidate, but an unusual legal issue is at play regarding romance novels. It seems author Jamie Davenport has been writing about the fictional Seattle Sockeyes hockey team in her books for a while, oh. and she filed for a trademark in 2017 when news first broke that Seattle was getting a team. So they took Davenport it tells the Seattle, from yeah. a book without asking. Yes, they did. Not smart. That's correct. I'd rather go with Seattle Kraken anyway. Well, not to mention sockeye. It's like name yourself after the grossest kind of salmon. Sockeye salmon are <laughs> gross? I don't like sockeye. Sockeye okay. is the one that has that weird fishy artificial taste. Hmm. It's Atlantic It's real salmon. fatty, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like really fatty fish, I think, if I remember correctly. Not a big uh, not a big fan. So, yeah, they're not going to be the Se- – oh, here we go. Another candidate in the mix, the Seattle Totems. Oh, uh, that'll never totem. make it. No, it doesn't even work. That's not going to make it. Let's go with Seattle Kraken and just shut up. How about that? Kraken's good. It's a sea monster. It's basically a squid, octopus kind of thing. Yes. That's right? awesome. It was a great name. Yeah, Kraken's a great name. I got no problem with that. Plus the fact Seattle Sockeye, because there's so many fights in the NHL, you can think they're talking about socking somebody in the eye. Yeah. So knock it off. You heard me. You heard what I said. But, uh, God, Bloomberg's going to spend another $10 million on a Super Bowl. Ad. That boy's got some wow. money. $53 billion will get it done, won't it? He sure does. Wait, what is he advertising? Well, himself for uh, president. Himself, yeah. Oh. He wants to be president. I didn't know you were allowed to do political ads during the Super Bowl. Mm, you can do whatever you want now, apparently. I guess if you got the money. If you can we, pay for it. Yeah. You know, it's, how, what is a Super Bowl ad now? Is it like $5 million a minute or something? Uh, probably mm, something about like that. that. Let's see. That's what, remember a long time ago, that High Life ad? Yeah. Just a guy yelling High Life, and it was like one second long. That's mm-hmm. that, that was the whole joke is because it was too expensive to get a real <laughs> ad, so they had to buy one second of time. Uh, Jesus, 30 seconds on Super Bowl 34 was $2.2 million. Yeah, so it's about Jesus. a million, five million a minute. Let's see, by Super Bowl Live, it is 5.6 per 30. Oh, 5.6 per 30? Whoa! 112, 120 million viewers, though, I suppose. That's, that rules the day. Well, I know a guy that... NFL that, is uh, tax-exempt, or else they'd be making no money, right? Yeah, exactly. I know a guy that wrote and produced an ad that made it on the Super Bowl. It was probably 10 years ago from Monster.com, mm. and it was the cubicle space where the guys are, like, lighting their farts on fire. You remember that one? <laughs> and there's a poor young woman there, and she's just looking all frazzled. And the tag was, like, need a new job? Monster.com. It was pretty good, actually. Monster.com. We already knew Michael Bloomberg was shelling out $10 million of his own money to buy a Super Bowl ad. On Tuesday, the 2020 candidate unveiled the 60-second spot in advance. and it's So 5.6 for 30 seconds, but it's all the way down to $10 million for a full minute. Yeah, so, you, yeah. get a, you get a $1.2 million discount. There you go. There you go. Uh, um, you put it on your card and get the miles. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The ad features Calandrian Simpson Kemp, whose 20-year-old son was shot and killed in 2013, Bloomberg said. Heard mothers crying, so he started fighting. The Texas woman is a member of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, um, which emerged uh, in 2013 with Bloomberg's Mayors Against Illegal Guns. 
to create every town for gun safety, reports CBS News. The new ad does not mention President Trump, whose campaign also bought a $10 million ad uh, on Sunday's broadcast. So we're going to see a lot of political ads on the on – the, uh, well, I can't watch the Super Bowl, Great. so by the time I see it, I won't, I won't see any commercials. We're going to watch the Puppy Bowl. Puppy Bowl's good. I like the Puppy Bowl, actually. Puppy Bowl works for me. Um, I still, nobody can still answer the Tulsi Gabbard question for me. Why don't they like a young, mixed-race woman who served in the military? She's very smart. She's very tough. What is the problem with her? Well, who's they? Because the answer to that question the, the depends Democratic very Party. Much. Well, that, because she's not Democratic enough. That's, well, but yeah. Well, she's so she's not way, way far left. Yes. Well, yeah. What they would but call that's the good news, I suppose. But they're not. That's that, not their mo right now. I, I mean, know, Can you imagine a moderate running on either side? It just wouldn't work. No. No, I suppose not. But I mean, I'd vote for her. I, I think she's pretty straight ahead, pretty common sense. Uh, you know, I got no problem with that whatsoever. So here's what I like. White men, particularly old white men, are the worst human beings on earth. But that's all we have running for the Democratic yeah. nomination. Well, well, what the Elizabeth hell is that? Warren and Pete Buttigieg. She's out. He acts Pete's like a, an old man, but he actually is only what yeah, thirty-eight. Yeah, and he's out already. Anyway, I mean, he's not officially out, but they're both. I mean, it's basically going to be either Bernie Sanders or Biden. It looks like. Well, I, you know, I was talking to. I hate to keep bringing this up, but it was my yeah. thank you for letting me interview Chris Matthews on Monday. And I'm sorry that the oh, no, technical no, stuff no, failed, fine. so you couldn't be there. But we were talking about that, and he actually agreed with me. I, I think that it's likely one of those two will be the nominee, and I think it really mm-hmm. becomes important who they pick as VP as. Either one of them are likely to be one-term presidents. In other words, they're in their late 70s. That job takes such a physical mm-hmm. toll on people. Even 50-year-olds come out looking like uh, they're yeah. 70. So it's yeah. Like, well, Obama went in yeah. looking good and he came out with white hair. And same with uh, <laughs> yeah. W. It was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like dog true. years. Every year as a president, it's like mm-hmm. seven to a normal person. So I would think that... And he thought Klobuchar actually had a good shot at being VP with one of them. And somebody told me that somebody's already bought the URL BidenKlobuchar.com. Although that's that might oh, be really? just preventative. Yeah. Because in the last election, uh, the Trump uh, team bought JebBush.com, which I thought was brilliant. So if you typed in yeah, Jeb well, Bush, it came up and then it redirected to Donald Trump's campaign site. That's, uh, a, that, that's something a car guy would do. How did his people ever let that happen? Well, How did you it, not it just, buy JebBush.com? Yeah, you would think that if you were smart, you would have been Jesus. starting buying that stuff, you know, a year before you ran. Absolutely. You buy that way, way in advance. I don't know. We'll see what the situation is. But I know that Biden's begging Michelle Obama to, to run with him, but she's not going to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't think. I'm looking at presidential before and after picks. And most of them, the rule applies. You know, uh, even they, they e- come out old. Even Teddy, he went in zero wrinkles. He came out looking like he had gone through war. Which I mean, oh Teddy Roosevelt. <clears throat> but I shook my head because uh, they got JFK on here. Which oh, I mean, ooh, yeah, it's not really an after picture yeah. now, is it? Now Reagan no, actually not. got younger. I think he had some facial work done, and he kept dyeing his hair blacker and blacker. Yeah, Carter <laughs> actually looks younger in the after yeah. picture. Well, he was only in for four. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eisenhower, I mean, he went. You, how do you get older? He was than old Eisenhower already. Looked when he, 
That's, well, he always, even when he was 30, he looked like he was 70. He's got one of those faces. But yeah, Isn't he, it funny how that's changed? We've been, I think we've been talking about this. Sarah and I have been watching Perry Mason episodes, and people were a lot older at early ages back then. Mm-hmm. Than oh, yeah. Now. They you see somebody in their 40s, were, and they look like they're 65 years old. Well, how many people were yep. born on a farm and had to work, you know, from that's the true. time they Came were up 10 years times. old? Yeah, yep. exactly. That, it ages you. Still love, still love the grapes of wrath. You know, and let me tell you something. I'm getting worried about Ma. She's getting really old. She's 55, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Things have changed in the last 100 years. Quite a bit, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, so we'll see what the situation is. But I, I just uh, we got in a little bit of a disagreement yesterday because I said, why is the Democratic Party going after Amy Klobuchar? And then a couple other people on the show didn't think they were. And I said, well, they obviously are. And then, of course, today it's been revealed they did go after her. And now they're asking her to step aside and drop out of the race. I think the parties are in the really? absorb your twin phase of gestation right now. So what, what, what happened that they're asking her to step down? When she was attorney general, apparently she. Oh, is this the Taisha Edwards thing? Is that her name? Yes. The the little kid that got murdered? I believe so, yeah. And uh, the guy's doing life in prison and they're saying he's innocent. So So I don't know. uh, I don't know. Those that aren't familiar with the case, I think it's early 2000s when Amy was the Hennepin County attorney. It was gang warfare in North Minneapolis and some 11 year old kid got shot sitting at her kitchen table doing homework and right. it, they thought it was if i remember right two or three different gang members and they they put a young kid away i think he was like 15 or 16 years old and retried yeah. him but they think he's still guilty but i, I do, do remember that so if he's still guilty what are they going after her for well, well i you know I don't, I don't i guess i don't know i just this is all news to me I've been watching yeah, less and less national news because I my frustration level is just maxed out. I do not blame you for staying away from it. You know what I think, honestly, God, no matter which side loses, you should be forced out of office. So if the president loses, they're going to force him out of office, right? Well, if the other side loses, how about basically Pelosi, Schumer, and, and uh, Schiff? Go away. Just go away. You guys wasted... <laughs> Tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer money on nothing. Go away. God, well, those people are obnoxious. Uh, there we go. Donald Trump and the other three. Yeah, they're angry because Mayan Burrell uh, is who she prosecuted. And apparently there wasn't enough evidence for them to be happy about that. I don't right. know. So they think he's wrongly convicted, in other words, right? But there's, as far as I know, there's no actual proof. If I remember right, there was, wasn't he tried twice, or didn't they they have a retrial? I think so. I thought so. But, you know, it's a race issue, and that's, everything now with the, and again, these people are not progressive, they're not liberal, they're not even really Democrats, they're just psychopaths who had a bad professor. That's what this is. You know, so so that's the whole deal. It's like everything is about race to them. Everything is about race and marginalization and privilege. And it's like, calm down. Well, how can it be sake. about race if the girl that got killed was black? I know. But see, it was a white woman that convicted a black kid. Oh, I see. I okay, I get it. That's what it is. We're going to take a break because you have a special guest coming up. Next, Elka Schultz joins us. Overcome winter anxiety, baby. All we do is help on this show. You ever notice that? I need to talk to her. All we do is help. Mm -hmm. We will. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll be right back with the family. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Tom here with a question for you. Is there anything more important than your health? I want you to take control of your health like I did with Profile by Sanford. Developed by doctors and researchers, Profile is a wellness plan that takes the guesswork out of losing weight. You know what that's all about. Should I do this? Should I do that? Well, their certified health coaches are here to educate and motivate you. Profile is not a diet. It's about changing your nutritional habits so you can make healthier choices for life. In fact, I joined Profile recently. Danette is my coach, and she is the greatest. And I mean that, by the way. Keeps me in line, too. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, she'll be with me every step of the way. She has been so far. Profile has worked for thousands of people, and it will work for you, too. You should go to ProfilePlan.com to set up a free, no-obligation consultation. Mention KQRS for additional savings. ProfilePlan.com, promo code KQRS. That's ProfilePlan.com, keyword KQRS. Don't wait. Take control of your health with Profile today. Well, you are playing random music, aren't you? Yes, I am. If you leave me now. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Elka Scholl's with us. Elka, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. i got to tell you some psychotherapist, Elka Scholl's with us. Uh, so far, I've heard about, oh, seven, 8,000 people say, oh, my God, i got to talk to her about overcoming winter anxiety. Winter anxiety? <laughs> Winter anxiety. Yeah, it's a little, a uh, little bit much in Minnesota. You know. Sorry, I didn't hear the question. Oh no, no. I just said that. I said that uh, overcoming winter anxiety in Minnesota is a tough job. Oh right, There's no right. No doubt about it. No question. For millions of people, colder weather brings the blues along with darker days and staying inside more often. Learn how to recognize and tame seasonal anxiety triggers. Psychotherapist Elka Scholes is known as the anxiety. Ooh, the anxiety warrior. I like that, Elka. Yep. The anxiety warrior. Well, I have anxiety myself, so that, uh, and I didn't know it when I was growing up. I didn't know it as a child or a teenager or even a young adult. And um, I did learn that I have anxiety. And then, of course, uh, my 
journey began of discovering where did this all come from and how can I manage it. Is it, uh, from what I understand now, uh, anxiety comes from the fact that in your head, in your brain, you're worried, but worry doesn't, uh, doesn't come out. It stays in your head, but worry turns into anxiety when you start to express it verbally. Is that correct? Yeah, and it comes from a lot of different places. Uh, worry is one of them. Uh, it can also come from a lack of water. Your brain will send signals mm-hmm. to your body that feel anxiety-like. Hmm. Yeah, so I can see that. Absolutely. lack of hydration will actually create anxiety. So it comes from a lot of different places. So now, Elka, where did you grow up? I grew up uh, in Ontario, and I now live in Muskoka uh, in Ontario okay. as well. Okay, now, so basically you know about dealing with winter anxiety as well, yes. right? <laughs> okay, well, I just want to make sure, because uh, Doug is with us today, and Doug said he's really got to talk to you about this winter anxiety thing. Yep. I, I, so my question is, snorting vitamin D, copious amounts of bad strategy <laughs> to uh, counteract seasonal affective disorder, it's been, they, they just said on the local news, this is the cloudiest January we've had since 1963, and I just, I... I just hate every moment of every day. What do I do? Yeah, and I find, um, yes, those cloudy, soft days. And, and you know, part of it is, is um, you know, we start feeling depressed or quieter or uh, less energy in the winter. And uh, one thing that I'm encouraging people to do is to relax into that um, You know, we can hibernate, too. Uh, Maybe it means um, uh, warm blankets and favorite soups, comfort food, resting. It is a time of rest. And uh, even though, you know, we'll have to get out and go to jobs and things like that, I mean, there's other things we can do. Uh, One of the things is um, when there is a little bit of sunshine to get out there, even if it's for two minutes or one minute, and just to pause and take in those sun rays. The other is a sun lamp. Um, my own office is, I have a little cubby hole, if you would see me now where I'm sitting, and, um, and I do have a sun lamp, and I, I don't have it on a lot. It just has made such a difference, especially when we have um, you know, these soft, cloudy days that, you know, over and over again, we're not having the sunshine. And, um, and you're right, uh, some people take vitamin D, uh, which is our sunshine uh, vitamin, um, though I'm not a naturopath, so I can't even recommend, um, I don't know how much to, you know, suggest mm-hmm. anyways. So that's just a few little things, but there's other things too. Um, but a few having little a meal help, with yeah. a friend uh, and or family, you know, making sure that maybe wintertime is, it is a time that it's slower, but it's a great time to make connections and be with people. Yeah, and I think that's terrific. One of those things, yeah, um, the whole, you know, winter is a time oh, to... I can barely hear you. Oh, uh, I will turn myself up. There you go. How is that? Any better? No. Can you say it again? Sorry. I... Well, you can hear Tom, so I'll just let him take the reins. Okay. No, that's fine. Uh, so basically, what I the one what I want to ask you about is it okay if I just call you Elka? Yes, please. And I love 
I love that name, by the way. Elka Summer was a good lead for all Elkas in the world, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she was indeed. No doubt about it. So, okay, you start out by, let's say you have some, some experiences. In my particular case, I, I got worried as a little child because I, I watched my mother, who was trying to raise children by herself and, and, and was a waitress, she worried constantly about how she was going to make the, make the ends meet, how she was going to pay the bills. How she was. So I picked up on that. You, you kind of inherit that by watching your parent. If you care about them, you kind of pick up on their their worry and anxiety, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Yep. Is we there anything you can do about habit, it? And mm-hmm. I want to emphasize the word habit. So worry uh, is something we can change. We have fifty to seventy thousand thoughts a day, and uh, oh. most of those are repetitive. And the good news is that we can be the master of our minds and we can change those thoughts. It takes a bit of work, though I do have a strategy for that. So, uh, and you're right, worrying isn't really beneficial. It, it kind of just keeps whirling around. So mm-hmm. one of the things I tell um, clients is, you know, write down all your worries. And uh, one at a time, just write down the facts that support the worry. So what facts are suggesting that this worry is justified. And in a lot of cases, we'll find oh, there might be something, but mm, there isn't really a lot. And then write down the facts that support a more helpful thought. So uh, whatever that worry is, I don't know if you have one, but I'm certainly happy to work through it. And um, write down you know, what supports a more a balanced, realistic thought. And um, actually, uh, my clients have reported when they do that exercise, they come back and they go, wow, it really, it really changes because worry, worry and anxiety, they're part of our uh, human makeup and who we are. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like anxiety tapping us on the shoulder and saying, hey, pay attention, <laughs> pay attention to something. So, uh, and, and, you know, we don't, we don't want to assume that it's a habit or that it's wrong, so let's write it down, let's look at it, let's um, look at the facts, and then let's look at what really is happening, and let's um, reframe and, and think about that thought in a more realistic, balanced way. Does that make sense, or is that helpful? No, it absolutely is helpful. It makes a lot of sense, as a matter of fact. Okay, I, cool. Uh, I wanted to... I tell you this, uh, uh, the way I think, Elka, and this is absolutely true that I have had worry that turned into anxiety. For a lot of people, that turns into depression. Yep. But for me, it turned it turns into rage, which is really unusual, I guess. Hmm. So, you know, I behave now. I take a couple extra breaths, Elka, <laughs> so it works out really, really well. Well, um, and, yeah, and, you know, are all these unpleasant uh, human emotions... Um, they're there for a reason, and they're, they are really um, asking, uh, like, when we have an unpleasant emotion like rage, anger, irritation, frustration, however you want to word it, stress, anxiety, and, you know, anxiety and stress comes in so many different forms, uh, whether it's fear, grief, all those emotions are signals for us to say, hey, let's pay attention, what do we need to do here? They're not wrong. So when you feel rage, it's not wrong to feel angry or rage right. or anything. 
It's just that something is telling you something isn't right. And it's Yeah, that's exactly right. right. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right, as a matter of fact. I, I one thing that on the upside of that whole thing, Elka, and this is absolutely true, and people looked at me in a really weird way when in high school I actually laughed at this quote when everybody else took it really deeply and seriously. I laughed because I, I thought, my God, that's so true. I was sitting in, in class, and the teacher read a quote from Jean-Paul Sartre, hell is other people, and I started laughing <laughs> because I was like, yes, yes, it certainly is, isn't it? Um, like right now, Elka, yes, okay, so we have winter, and it's, uh, it's overcast, and it's cold, but yep. if you turn on the television, everybody in America hates everybody else, Elka. It's just, it's very upsetting, actually. Yes. Well, when I, you know, and I don't know if uh, you'll enjoy listening to this because we are on the radio, um, is uh, one of the things I do uh, encourage people to do is know when to disengage. And yeah. our yeah. media, uh, and I mean, this program, I want to, you know, say thank you so much for doing things like this because it supports people and we're enriching people's Wonderful. lives. We need more of that, this. Um, we need to also disengage from uh, the social media and media out there. Um, there's so much uh, of uh, disasters and, uh, you know, it, we hear it repetitively and over and over and over again, sometimes the same story. And what it does, it, it really does upset, upset our system. And uh, it's just knowing when to disengage and when to say, you know what, I need to turn that off right now, or I need to mm-hmm. listen to this program, which is going to, you know, help me and um, help me live my life and help me live a good life. We all deserve to do that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's important to know when to disengage, when to pull back. Is it easy to do that, though, Elka? I mean, is it is it easy to disengage, or do you need to sit and, and make a concerted effort to learn how to get the, how to do that right? Well, I did that very early on. I actually um, I remember once a long time ago walking in a grocery store, and when I was looking at different products, I could hear the jingles in my head, and I just went, mm-hmm. "Whoa, no, I don't want to do this." So I actually, and I also was involved with a lot of um, uh, town council. Um, I was on different committees and things, and I learned a lot um, about, um, you know, how the how media can present or advertising even. And so I I stepped back then. I I um, I tend to, um, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't go out of my way to fill my head or go into watching a lot of uh, media because I do always find out what's going on. It's interesting. I have clients they will either tell me or I can, if there's something locally that's happening, I'll do more research, talk to people. And um, it's, it's not that I've ever been in, you know, um, my head in the sand. It's not like that at all. It's just that mm-hmm. why am I upsetting myself? by listening to things that are going on all over the world. It's not that I don't care. I do care deeply. However, um, you know, we need to think about where, where can we be the most useful? Where can we help people the most? And for me, if I take care of myself, and then I can be, you know, as close to 100% as possible, then I can help 
like being like I love to do radio interviews. I just totally love it. I enjoy it so much because I I just want to help people and don't think it's so difficult some of these strategies and and the same as my private practice. I want to be on top of things so I can really help people and empower them. And if I'm uh, defeated or sad or uh, bogged down uh, by, uh, you know, because I've listened to the news over and over again, um, I don't think that's useful. So, um, yeah, I've, I have, I've, I've stepped back, and I, I hope that I do enrich lives. So that, that's how I've done it. Well, but I think that is true because you do, obviously, enrich other people's lives. You really do help people a lot. That's got to feel really good, Elka, I would imagine, knowing that you are helping a lot of people. Yes, yes, it does. And and I think um, I also believe in, like, we're all connected. Like, in some way, as humans, we are connected with each other. And I think as we keep our vibration in a, in a good, healthy way, whether it's uh, you know physically, spiritually, emotionally, that that people are going to resonate with that. They're, it's going to help them as well. And and that's where I, if I you know would encourage listeners or encourage people is to you know focus on that. How can you enrich your life? Because there's a ripple effect that happens, just like when a pebble drops in a lake. There's this beautiful ripple effect. Um, it affects so many people, and then as you affect them in a positive way, it, again, there's this, you know, big ripple effect that becomes endless in a way. Okay, I do need to take a very quick break. Can you stay with us for a few more minutes after the break? Sure, I'd love to. <laughs> Wonderful. We'll be right back right with this. Elka Scholl's Overcome Winter Anxiety and All Anxiety, basically. We'll be right back more with Elka right after this. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Well, it's kind of a positive song, don't you think? West Virginia. Well, there you go. Uh, Mr. Sprinthal, I want you to ask a few questions. Uh, you should tell Elka what you did uh, back in the day before Ronald Reagan changed the rules a bit. Oh, that's interesting. So I was a young psychology undergraduate student at a local uh, university here, and I took a job as a mental health counselor in a locked psychiatric ward, and I watched the implosion of our healthcare system, mental health care system in this uh, country in the early 80s, and it was just 
you, you could almost t predict what was going to happen. Um, seriously, mentally, a lot of schizophrenic patients uh, being pretty much left to their own devices would get off their meds. And it was really, the, in my mind, the start of the big uh, homeless problem in, in the United States right now. So many homeless people are either mentally ill or on drugs, you know. Yeah. You solve those two problems, you solve the homelessness. But we have made very little progress in treating yeah. schizophrenia particularly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know that there's a question there, quite honestly. But Andy brings up a good point. You know, it's, I, I think mental illness in general is treated as some sort of a character defect. Whereas if you know people that are actually suffering from psychosis, they're not doing it on purpose. But why do you think that the treatment, uh, medical science, is lagging so far behind in the treatment of mental illnesses? Why? Yes. Uh. I think uh, probably a uh, lack of money, lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I think that we've had um, uh, mental, we've had uh, mental illness um, has gone all through our history, and um, you know we haven't uh, we haven't understood it because it's invisible in a way. You know, you might look at a person and and they they don't show an outward injury or an outward in, illness, and so then it's not understood. And um, when people don't understand things, they're afraid of them. It's very true. I, I think there's a few reasons, yeah. And I think that's also what inspired me writing the books. Because, um, you know, I, came, I, I noticed people coming in with similar problems. And, and also here in Ontario, we don't have enough funds to help everybody, and a lot of people don't have insurance. And I just thought, you know what, this, this can be, like, why not put all these resources out there? It costs less than a pizza. And because uh, money is a big thing. People, um, whether it's, you know, our government and funding and programs, or whether it's, um, you know, when we choose, when we, we may not have enough money, so then we're not going to choose to spend money on, on therapy. You know, maybe we just have enough money for food and clothes. So in, in the Canadian healthcare system, uh, therapy, psychotherapy is not something that's covered? No. That's no. interesting. It, it, sometimes it is through employment programs. Mm-hmm. So it, there's still many, many gaps. So it, it would be part of the, from what I understand, that in the Canadian healthcare system, there still is sort of a private umbrella that, yeah. that that's optional that covers a lot of, I guess what they would probably call non-essential services. But it sounds like your argument is that these really aren't non-essential. Right. Yep. Yep. Sometimes it's covered privately, but in a lot of cases, it's not. There's big gaps. Very big gaps. And I, it sounds See, Doug, like I it, that you have those gaps, too. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of gaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. No, I, I find this fascinating. Sorry? No, I find this fascinating. I like your conversation you're having. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I yeah, think there's, uh, yeah, as we I struggle mean, with our health care system in this country, I think it's sort of... 
I don't know right, what the right word is, but we look to Canada and some of the European countries as having perfect health care because it's nationalized. And, and a little deeper examination it usually points out that, you know, there's, there's no perfect system. No, and unfortunately, I mean, we have, um, I'm just trying, looking up the stat here, um, it's like a quarter million Canadians are off work every week because of stress and anxiety. I mean, that's how high it is. Wow. It's a lot. Mm. That's a lot of people. Can, can I and, ask an uh, ignorant question? How many people live in Canada? What's the population of the country, oh boy, approximately? Now you, you know what? Those 37 million. They're, they're, oh, they don't roll around million? in the okay. brain. <laughs> yeah, it's 37 um, I just million know people. more of the percentages. But, okay. um, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things, and this is interesting, what, what we're talking about is, um, so the stress and anxiety and these symptoms, it's just mind-boggling how our body manifests illnesses based, like, from um, our mental health. Like, when we're feeling good, we're healthy. I mean, I, like, you know, we're, we're resilient, we're energetic, we have, um, you know, our antibodies are in good shape, and, and we're not sick. Um, I mean, anxiety can cause so many symptoms. Um, it can cause IBS. Uh, headaches, migraines, uh, hives, skin disease, um, heart disease. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I think that brings me back to why, you know, I want to support people in, in looking after themselves and feeling better is they're going to actually be healthier. Like, it's just crazy. Um, there's just so much that indigestion, I mean, um, sweating, hives, uh, weight loss, weight gain, I mean, insomnia, so many things. And, and then where does the cycle stop, right? And then we go to the doctor and we're upset. And then, um, you know, we're asking for medication, but the medication isn't really fixing the problem. Well, it's January in Minnesota. I'd go for a little sweating right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? We'd be healthier to sweat. Yeah. Totally. We would so be. Thank yeah, you, absolutely. It is true. Ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest today. I, I thought it was a fascinating topic, uh, you know, the, the winter being part of it. But also, I think people really are going to have to focus on taking care of their anxiety because so much of it is being caused by, well, I mean, it's just a flat out truth that whether it's Hollywood or politicians or you go down the list, we're being lied to constantly, and you know you are, and it gives you a lot of... It's very unsettling to know that nobody's telling the truth anymore. It's very difficult. Well, one of the things is, you know what, is trust yourself. Trust mm -hmm. your own body. Your body is your best barometer. Your body will tell you, like, and I, and, you know... I'm going to say you don't have to believe anything I say ever, and I tell that to my clients too. And and the bottom line is trust yourself. If this any of this what we talk about feels right for you, then it's bang on. Go with it. You can go to e l k e s c h o l z. That's e l k e s c h o l z dot com. Elka Scholz, thank you so much for your time today. Have a wonderful day. You too, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Great to have you. All right.
So, Doug, do you miss being in the business? You must miss being in that business, I would uh, think. You know, Tom, it was so long ago, and it was really, it was just the start of what might have been a career as a therapist or a counselor or maybe even yeah. teaching. I don't, I don't know where it would have gone. I did find it, it, it really affected me for my whole life because you really you have to become a compassionate person to do that job yeah and realize yeah. you know to count your blessings and how lucky you really are because you know brain chemistry is such a they know so little about it and it's so fragile and the people the line of sanity versus insanity is very very thin uh, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You went through this yep. with your father. I mean, it's, it's, yep. it's and I, I can't imagine how frightening that would be as a child. As a grown-up, it's frightening enough to watch somebody that's just totally disassociated with reality. It's, And you can't reason with them, as you know. It, it's impossible. They just, they don't, they have these beliefs and systems built up, and you can't use logic. You would think that you would be able to convince somebody that they're not Superman or uh, there aren't alien colonies living under your fingernails and all this sort of nonsense, but it's not true. You know what I really love about today is is that that's why I just I laugh really hard when they go with this. All people, uh, all men, uh, white men are are people of uh, uh, you know white privilege. Yeah. Let me run a little white privilege by you. You be a little boy and watch your father see things that you can't see and see how you deal with that. Okay. Not a lot of privilege there. I will be honest with you because as a little boy, you're going, what's wrong with me? I can't see it. He goes, I said, dad, where? Right there. You can't see that. No. So I thought there was something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, well, and there wasn't any money in the family uh, coffee cans to send Tommy to therapy to somebody that could help him deal with it either. So, what do you, what do you mean therapy? I'm straight ahead, no clear thinker. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he just starts laughing. I like nice friend you are. Yeah. Yes, ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah, typical backstabber. That's all I know. Hallucination is one of those fascinating things because it's something that you can't really measure. But, uh-huh. you, I mean, like, so for a very brief period, I actually dated someone that had schizophrenia, and mm-hmm. she was very open about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit. And some, I, I'd like, she would hallucinate things, and I'd say, so do you know, how how well are you aware that they're not real? And she said that if they make absolutely no sense, like, you know, I'm in my room and I look over and I see wildlife there. I know it's not real because how could that possibly be there? But if I'm, you know, walking around outside and I see the same thing, I can't know whether or not it's real because it makes sense that that wildlife would be there in the wild. So there is some logic to it. Yeah. To a point. If you're If you're not to, so far gone that, yeah, That's you're not right. seeing, you know, yeah, the devil in your room and you think it's real just because you believe what you see because yeah. there are there are a lot of people like that but it is interesting there's like it's a sliding scale of you know just because you're hallucinating doesn't mean that you believe it all or that you're like just completely incapable of rational thought but that's right yeah well and you go it's episodic too i mean schizophrenics can yes, be yes, lucid for long periods of time and then they get sick and typically it's med driven or they get off their meds yep, but it's like any other often. Illness, it does wax and wane a little bit. It's not full-on crazy all the time. Yeah, It is astounding that we have absolutely no idea what's going on. We don't know what causes the episodes. 
Yeah. We don't know what causes the illness in the first place. You know, we don't know what part of the brain is sick. We don't know anything at all, despite all of our medical technology. Yeah. But, I mean, you could honestly, you could say the same thing about a lot of physical illnesses where you can actually see, like, um, certain uh, autoimmune disorders. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see the parts of the body that are attacking themselves. Right. We know exactly what kind of cell is going after what kind of other cell, and yet we still have no idea how to stop, you know, cell A from attacking cell B. Even though they like, you could physically take the cells out and look at them, but and yet we still have no idea how to control the behavior of something that's driven a hundred percent by just what chemicals it's touching. Brain chemistry, time, yeah. Which is it's very strange to me. Yeah, I, I, I do see think that. that she's right, and that it doesn't raise the amount of money for research that a lot of <clears throat> no God. If you look um, at yeah, physical the, ailments get because the, you know no. No successful athlete comes down with schizophrenia and it ruins their career at the peak of their powers. Yeah, not that that drives cancer research, but mm, people that it does it, a it, lot it, though. It, testicular cancer, saying. it's like ninety yeah. percent of people know about testicular cancer because of Lance Armstrong. Yeah. you know, if he had never gotten testicular yeah. cancer, yeah. people just wouldn't care at all. It's sad, but it's true. But that goes back to what <sighs> I was saying about mental illness being thought looked at almost as a character disorder by people well yeah that's the other thing i was just about to say because there are people who are famous and then go crazy yeah gary Busey is a good example he got brain damage during a motorcycle accident and now he's just completely out of it but people look at it randy quaid's either schizophrenic or he's bipolar something he's not firing on all eight cylinders and people look at them like oh you know funny gary Busey, look at him be crazy that's just kind of how he is and not that you know he probably lost part of his brain when he got in that motorcycle accident but it's not seen as we have to fight brain damage it's you know he's funny yeah that's gonna do it we'll talk to you on monday with the family